This is Trends and Issues in Instructional Design, Educational Technology, and Learning Science, hosted by Abby Brown and Tim Green. Hi, this is Tim, and I'm here with Abby. Hi, this is Abby, and I'm here with Tim. Welcome to episode 215 of our podcast, where we review the trends and issues in instructional design, educational technology, and learning sciences that we observed as we flip resources into our Flipboard magazine. This episode is a little bit different with our trends. We observed some different things going on with the trends. So Abby, why don't you talk about what, what's a little bit different about this episode than in past episodes? Thank you, Tim. Yes, this is an interesting situation from the past two weeks. What we know, what we always do, and we've always described this at this point in our podcast episode, is we go back, look at our Flipboard magazine, and we do um, uh, we, we do a simple count: how many different articles we we flipped, and what types of articles, what content uh, of articles we flipped, and almost always. I think this is the first time ever that we couldn't do it. Almost always we can identify four top subjects that are trending more than other subjects for the past two weeks. This past two weeks, we certainly put in, you know, we, there are plenty of articles that came up of interest to us, but we could not identify four top trends. The articles we added to our Flipboard magazine are pretty evenly divided among a variety of topics of interest to us as instructional design and technology specialists. But there's, they all came out to be roughly, it's kind of interesting, they, they all came out to be roughly four articles each of like half a dozen topics. So what we're going to do is we're going to do kind of a general discussion of what we saw, and then we're going to offer uh, four recommended readings that we think are sort of our top picks uh, of readings for the for uh, if you don't have if you only have time to read four articles these are the four we recommend so let's get started just discussing the overall what we saw we saw articles related to the metaverse we saw digital citizenship and security articles we saw articles about new software releases and software updates we saw articles about online teaching and learning we saw articles about open educational resources, also known as OER. We saw articles about instructional design strategies. We saw ed tech tips for teachers, uh, especially for teachers beginning the new school year. It should be noted that these were mostly reposts of articles published earlier this year. Specifically, we saw Consumer Reports reviewing Chromebooks. We saw concerns raised about student privacy related to the software school districts use to track progress, which this is a really interesting kind of situation, right? Is that the, the, the software that, the, that the, um, uh, the school district is using is not housed within the school district itself, and yet it can have phrases in it like student has certain issues and then describing the issues in detail that this is kind of a this is a big privacy concern uh, we saw articles about making use of open educational resources uh, primarily to keep textbook costs down we saw articles on design thinking as well as two articles on graphic design for educators 
We saw uh, specifically uh, Google has a new read-along app that provides young students with reading aloud verbal and visual feedback. It was originally an Android app. It's now on the web. Um, full disclosure, I tried this. It's in beta. I tried this. First of all, it wouldn't let me run it on uh, Safari, which is my go-to browser. So I had to run it off of Chrome. Um, and I got to say, I was unimpressed, Tim. It was... Yeah. It, it, it still has its quirks. And I, again, it's in beta. It is, so we'll, It's in beta. Yeah. It's in beta. But for example, I mean, I was... I was kind of surprised that even in beta, this was allowed to happen. I read aloud, I followed the mm -hmm. instructions, and I was reading aloud a story, and the story had the sentence, um, she cries when I cry. And so I deliberately misread things, and I said, she crees when I cree. And the feedback I received was, very good. <laughs> and I thought, hmm, this is re is this really beta? <laughs> but um, so... Anyway, uh, this is all imp an important footnote of saying, even as people offer some of these articles that we see um, explaining these new pieces of software or new ideas, that it's always a good idea to not rely entirely on the article's announcement, but to go and check. Um, we did see uh, articles, a few articles that were based on the results of the recently published Chloe 7 report. This is the seventh annual report uh, that's titled Changing Landscape of Online Education. It's organized and published by Quality Matters and Encura EduVentures Research. Um, and of all the articles we saw, and this was just sort of, uh, it was wonderful. I mean, I think if, you, if you, one does have the time, it's a great two-week period to go back and review many interesting uh, things to read about in our field. But of all the articles we saw in the past two weeks, we think there are four that we can recommend reading if you're pressed for time. And uh, so if, if you can only read four articles from the past two weeks, these are what we recommend. Number one, Google wants to make online lessons better with these classroom add-ons by Pallavi Kandari for ZDNet. Once again, I apologize for mispronouncing anyone's name. Uh, especially authors, as uh, I'm offering up these uh, recommendations. In this article, Google launched a bunch of add-ons uh, intended to allow teachers to easily find, add, use, and grade content from a variety of popular ed tech tools within Google Classroom. So it's kind of a consolidation effort for um, some of the more popular. They mentioned one is a specifically Kahoot, which is um, a quizzing software, I think. Uh, is the best way to describe it, but that you can then sort of uh, align it with. It, it, it becomes part of the Google Classroom universe. Um, number two, metaversities let you attend digital twins of real-world college campuses in VR by Alan Truly for Digital Trends. It's probably unsurprising to find out that Meta is the one providing the funding for, for some of this, but Meta right. is providing funding for nine universities to launch this fall, joining Morehouse College, which began its efforts in 2021. Essentially, the, these uh, institutes of higher ed are creating themselves in the metaverse. And Tim, as you and I were talking earlier about this, we, we we were discussing the fact that this isn't the first time that this has it been tried. It is not. No. Nope. Right? Second life. 
comes to Second mind. Second Life is a great example of yep. uh, many, many universities uh, created virtual campuses. And when was that? Around 2007, 2008, they started, that was started to become kind of a big thing. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's not the first time that we're seeing this, but it is an interesting iteration of this. And I don't think I've ever seen the term metaversity before. That's a, that's new to me. <laughs> Number three on our recommended reading list is, is higher ed really ready to embrace hybrid learning by Rebecca Koenig for EdSurge. And now this is an article that's based on the recently published Chloe seven report. It indicates specifically that higher education institutions may need to hire more instructional technology experts. Um, the, the article actually does uh, talk about instructional designers being high need uh, in, in higher ed settings to, um, to, to, to fill the expectations, fulfill the expectations uh, of um, students and faculty who are becoming more and more interested in online teaching and learning. Um, there, we also provide, along with this recommended read, we do provide in our Flipboard magazine a link to the full report. If one wants to, I think one has to fill out a form, sign up uh, with Quality Matters so that they, um, and they will then send you or allow you to download the full report. But this article is a really good encapsulation of uh, kind of the high points of the Chloe 7 report. Number four. Saving the best for last. Well, they're all good, so it's last but not least. <laughs> best Digital Icebreakers by Diana Restifo and David Capular for Tech and Learning. This is, at least in our opinion, a very useful collection of icebreaker activities using a variety of familiar edtech tools for both online and face-to-face -face instructional settings. It's You and I were talking about it earlier. It's just, it's kind of, it's a fun and useful list of suggestions right. for using a number of different tools and giving a couple of different sort of strategies and lesson plans for icebreakers. And we all need as many icebreakers as we can possibly find at this <laughs> time of year as we're all getting ready to, to teach in the fall. So Tim, I was about to say those are our four trends. Those are a whole sort of mixed bag of trending right. topics and four recommended readings. Right. Well, thanks, Abby. Well, now we uh, turn our attention to peering into the crystal ball and uh, making predictions about the trends we believe we'll observe in the upcoming two weeks as we flip resources into our Flipboard magazine. Uh, so, what do we have? What do we have out there? And and as we normally do, Abby and I talk about this. So, right. we have, you know, we have some of, of the standbys that we've had for episodes and episodes, like hardware, software, security, and privacy issues. Um, well, we do. Right. I mean, we think you and I were talking about this. We think that things will kind of go yeah, back shift to to normal, right? What, to, no yeah. to what we call normal. Yes. Um, All right. Is where we'll be able to identify four trending topics. I think we suspect we're going to see a lot of articles about instructional strategies for right. beginning the school year. Um, we are shifting into the holiday purchasing season. Right. It's a little early, but we may see more hardware and software releases that are for the consumer uh, edutainment market. Mm -hmm. um, we also suspect we're going to see metaverse a lot. And we, you and I were joking, you know, metaverse for better or worse. We're going to see <laughs> articles that are espousing the use of the metaverse, 
and articles that are critical of the metaverse or the metaverse approach right now. Because metaverse, again, one of the things that we're going to see a lot of is people reminding us that the metaverse is not owned by any one group, even if they name themselves meta um, as a company, they, that the, the concept of the metaverse is larger. Um, and yes, as you mentioned, Tim, we think we're going to see a lot more about security and privacy standards and issues right. related to this because they, they are kind of coming to the fore uh, more and more as we all gain a better understanding of how um, software uh, that we're using works within our institutions and within our districts. Well, that brings us to the conclusion of episode 215. We'd like to thank our followers and viewers of our Flipboard magazine. And of course, a big thank you to our podcast subscribers. You can listen to past episodes of our podcast and find the links to the recommended readings we discussed in this episode by visiting our website at trendsandissues.com. Our next episode will air on August 24th. This podcast is produced by Professor Abby Brown at East Carolina University and Professor Tim Green at California State University, Fullerton. Copyright Abby Brown and Tim Green.